Welcome to another episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast, where we focus on building better businesses. I believe in order to be the best leader that you can be, you must be willing to be the first follower and have a servant mentality when you're in a leadership position. If you want to be the best leader that you possibly can be, be sure to stay tuned and listen to industry leaders and hear how they built winning cultures in their own businesses. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tactical Friday. You heard from him this past Monday, and I am welcoming back Brian McCummick, and we're going to talk about how we can take the tactical steps to create a more diverse and inclusive environment and culture within our organizations. Brian, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, Zach. I'm glad to be back. And I'm super excited because I know we had a very high-level conversation about the power, the impact of the work you're doing on Monday. But now I really want to get granular. I want to know from that leader's perspective, say there's a leader out there listening and they know that this is something that they need to focus on, they have to focus on, they want to create this culture that is envious among other businesses and other peers and they want to take these steps, these tactics attached to implementing diversity, inclusion, equity within the organization, what would you recommend they do? What are those steps they can take to make this process something that can be applied to their organization? Sure. Well, first, I just want to offer that there are so many steps, and I won't try to cover all of them in this time, but I'll offer some starting points and some ways to think about the work. So the first, I'll think about this from an organizational perspective, sort of the big picture, and the way that I like to think about the, um, the DEI work, so often we think about it as an additional thing that we have to do at companies, and it really needs to be part of everything we do. And so the way that the framework we use at Hummingbird is we call it the four lenses of representation. So we think about how do the different lived experiences that humans have, how do we honor those experiences through these four lenses in our organization? And, and those are people, so the people that work at your company, culture, what does it feel like to be a part of your organization, people, culture, community, which are which is how are you engaging with the, the communities where your employees live and play and your customers live and play, and then the final lens is customers. So how are you meeting the needs of your customers? And we use this term lenses in the spirit of these are big lenses that I just mentioned, and you can dial down and continue to magnify at different levels in each of those lenses to say, okay, do we have benefits that meet the needs of working parents? And, or if we're looking at the people that work at your organization and their career journeys, how are we creating opportunities for black women to, to grow into leadership roles? What does that look like? And so there's so many questions that can ignite from those four lenses. And then those feed back into broader decisions, of course, and work that you can engage in at your organization. But I really like to encourage that bigger picture of it should be part of every part of your organization. And it's not just about the people um, that work there. So that's one big picture lens. And then I was thinking that I could also take that from to a perspective of like I'm an individual leader. Do you think that would be helpful, Zach? Yeah, I think that's something that obviously this is a mission and a purpose that is very personal, not only to you, but a lot of leaders. And I'd love to know that perspective when the leader's called to move through this. What would that look like from their perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I should mention, by the way, that the four lenses, we have a, a paper that we'll share through your podcast channels and, and on our website uh, called the four lenses of representation, which is reframing representation matters. So we'll make sure we make that available as well. 
So, you know, as an individual leader, I'll share a few steps that I encourage leaders to take. And these are all steps that I have taken myself. I like to, to really honor that I only recommend things that I'm willing to do as well. So one of the first things that I suggest, if you want to be an inclusive leader, is engage in developing your awareness and understanding of different lived experiences. So that can look like reading the book, Cast the Origins of Our Discontent, which I mentioned in our conversation on Monday. It could be listening to a podcast from someone who has a different experience than yours. So if you're looking for uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to is Glennon Doyle, and she's phenomenal in so many ways, but she centers the, on stories of women. And she also talks about her experience as a sober person. So she gives these other perspectives on living that might be different than yours. And that's one example of so many beautiful voices that are available on podcasts. And, and there's lots of different ways you can absorb information. So just really be someone who is open to that curiosity and exploration, I think is really key. Another thing I would suggest would be owning that we have biases. So I remember when I first started delivering training in the DEI space, and I realized I had to get in front of a group of humans and be a DEI practitioner who said I have biases. And that didn't, it felt weird to me. You know, as I spent some time with that, I realized if I'm not acknowledging that I have biases, that I'm actually not doing the job that I'm here to do. And if we don't acknowledge that we have those biases, then we can't change how we show up and how we, how we do our best to be inclusive. So that's another step. And understanding your, acknowledging your biases is one step. Understanding what those look like and how they show up is another step. I would say, you know, another is engage in meaningful conversation and authentic, real, emotional, human conversation with the people that you work with. And by the way, I believe that if you're in most corporate environments, that's going to be like, we don't do that here. And I get that. And we have to really challenge that. And so it's, it will start in big ways and small ways along the way. So one of the ways that we do that at Hummingbird is we have an exercise that we call Who Am I, where we list our visible identities and invisible identities individually. And then we think about how those shape our view of the world. And then we come back as a group and we bring a group together and they share, okay, so here's a little bit about me, some things you wouldn't have known. So like in our conversation on Monday, we talked about the fact that I was an army brat and I shared a little bit about how that influences who I am today. So that activity allows for a conversation about who we are as humans what's important to us and how that shapes how we show up in the world. And so I, while we do it in a facilitated way, you can have those conversations with your team and create that space for authentic dialogue. And, you know, I think the, the last one I'll just mention right now, and Zach, you can certainly invite me to, to share others because I have lots of things that are in my head. But the last one is to acknowledge our own humanity and find moments that are intentional about acknowledging our own humanity. I often will say to the team, uh, that I get to lead, I don't know the answer. I will, if I mess up, I acknowledge, hey, I got that wrong and I'm sorry, or I need to do it better, or hey, can you help me learn? You know, I remember there was a time where, and sometimes this still is present because it's undoing so many years of you need to be perfect, you need to always get it right, like those messages, like I can't make them all go away, but it's more impactful for me just to own the fact that I am a human and that I'm going to sometimes mess up or make mistakes or, 
you know, one of the realities of my lived experience is that I battle anxiety, depression. And as much as I've loved the journey of the last year with uh, building Hummingbird and I've moved to a new home during the pandemic, it's been a lot of change. And so there have been days where I wasn't my best self. And I share with the team, like, I'm having a tough day. I'm going to do the best I can. And you know, that also gives them as individuals the opportunity to be humans as well. And so, you know, when you show up as a human, then you create space for the humans that you work with to be humans that some days are their their best isn't as good as we'd like it to be. And some days it it's beyond what we would have ever hoped for. And I think if we can create that that space that's that's beautiful and it starts with us. I love that piece of it. And I, I want to use one of your terms because I love it talking about lenses and the lens that we have as as individuals and as humans. My lens is a straight white male that grew up in Atlanta in a very diverse environment, a diverse area from the LGBTQ community here. I I live in Midtown in Atlanta. It's very diverse in that arena from just across different, but at the end of the day, I'm still a straight white male that I not, I, unless I put myself in a position to understand, that's something you're talking about, right? Having that recognized that I'm not going to understand certain struggles, especially if I became a police officer, military, they all shaped the lens that I look at through things, right? And without having my own mindset set toward having conversations like this, where I know it's one of those I have to be sensible in what I'm thinking about, but it also the emotional intelligence we talked about, you know, where you have to be able to understand what people may be feeling, even though I've never felt that, right? I'm a combat veteran. I feel very, at times, and we talked about, you know, vets that don't like therapy, and I love my therapist. There are pieces of those things that, you know, a lot of people, I feel like I can't relate to people that haven't been through combat, right? Or even a therapist can't relate to if you've never been to combat. So there are different lenses we all have. And I think there's a piece of that of having grace with that lens. We can't control those lenses from how we grew up, but now we can take the ownership. Like you said, I love that word. Take the ownership of the lens you're looking through now and craft it in a way where you're being inclusive, craft it in a way where you have that in your in the forefront of your mind you can't control what, how I was raised. I can't control that I'm a, a straight white male. It's not something that I chose when I was born, right? But it is one of those things now looking at it, I can choose to be inclusive. I can choose to share the equity within an environment and have cultures that I support that are diverse like that. And I absolutely love that you, you framed it in that way because that ownership piece is on us now as leaders to make sure this is what we're focusing on. And I absolutely love that piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, one thing that I, I have found is often a struggle for leaders. And I, I'm guessing that was really a struggle for me at one time, although I don't quite remember it in that way, is when I help leaders think about the stories that they might share, I've heard so many different ways. Nobody wants to hear that story or I'm not supposed to share that story. Those are typically the two. That's Those aren't the rules of, of engagement here or nobody wants to hear that part of my journey. And well, the rules of engagement that, yes, you're right, that may be not the rules of engagement there. I'd say let's throw those rules of engagement out because we got to be humans first. Pretending we're not humans seems counterproductive because then what are we robots is the question that I always go to. And yes, people do want to hear your stories. You know, I think about Actually, I don't know why this came to mind, but a moment ago you were sharing, sparked this memory for me of my my dad. He has been deployed to war 
twice, I think, in my lifetime. And I remember just a few years ago, he shared with me that about a time when he was away and based in the Middle East for, you know, the conflict happening there, that he mentioned that he cried one day. And I was like, I think of my dad as a army, you know, he's a veteran, he's this hyper-masculine, although that's not, and that's not really how I, how I talk about him, but that's what I think of him. And he's like, I cried because I miss my family. And all of a sudden, that gave me a whole different lens on my father in that particular moment. Now, I'm talking about a father-son relationship, but those relationships exist in the workplace as well. And, you know, that moment of humanity of, and, and that certainly makes sense to me. My dad loves his family. He does a lot for his family. And so creating those moments that you can show that uh, that part of your humanity as a leader, I think is really powerful. And we need to find more opportunities to do that. I agree wholeheartedly, Brian, and I think it's just amazing that this is the journey you're on and helping others along their journey in this path. And I want to give them the the audience the opportunity, again, to know what's the best way to to reach you, find you, get more information. If they want to engage you in a conversation within their own workplace, what's the best places for them to do that? Sure, absolutely. So LinkedIn, Brian McCormick on LinkedIn is the best place to find me and follow me. And you can certainly reach out to me there on LinkedIn as well if you wanted to have a conversation. And there's some great content that I I share on the LinkedIn channel that's in the spirit of the four lenses that we talked about earlier in today's conversation. And then the Hummingbird Humanity website, which is hummingbirdhumanity.com. And if you're curious to, to get more content from us, you can always sign up for our newsletter, which comes out every other week. There's also a great tab on the website called resources, and we both create resources for organizations and leaders. So there's an inclusive language guide there that you can find, which is a great tool to think about how do you use language that's inclusive. And you can find lots of other resources there as well that that might be of, of help in the, the work you're doing at your organization. And of course, we want to give a great shout out for the upcoming book, Humanity in the Workplace, a blueprint for building an inclusive and equitable company culture. Where will that be available? I'm sure the website, but where else will everybody be able to find the book? It will be released in June of 2022, and you'll be able to find it on Amazon.com or the Hummingbird Humanity website and BarnesandNoble.com and all the places where you buy your books. So hopefully you won't be able to miss it. I want to make sure it gets in front of everyone. I love it. And one last final shout out, of course, to Bosco because he is his own pup. So Brian, I appreciate your time, man, and all the wisdom you've brought to us today. Thanks so much for having me, Zach. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Tactical Leadership Podcast. And I hope you got a ton of value out of what we talked about today. I also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Night Protection Services. If you're a leader in a small to mid-sized business that does five to $10 million a year in revenue and want to improve retention costs, which could actually add up to being twice your employee's salary, all through creating a safer work environment and saving up to 25% in insurance costs, be sure to visit nightprotectionllc.com.